Last Sunday I started a series on how can I be sure that I'm pleasing God. And the first thing that we said that is necessary to please God is faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God. But James also says without faith without works is dead. So we're going to take off on that this morning. What what is the secret to greatness? You know, we all want to be great. We all want to be good. We all want to accomplish something. We all want to be successful. What is the secret to greatness? Some people think it's the, it's, it's my Rolodex card, all my connections. That, you know, the more connected I am and with influential people, that, that signifies that I've arrived. Uh, some people, it's, uh, their portfolio and how much they have in it and what they're going to be able to do when they retire. For some, it's how many people work under me and I've risen in my work until I am the boss or I am over others and that gives me success. Uh, that tells me I am great. Uh, for some people, it's how much stuff you got. How big your garage is. How many of those storage places that you ran out to to put all the stuff that you can't use but you still have. Some people, their greatness or success comes from how many people fear them. How many people, when they say something, you know, they're afraid to not do what they say and so they jump whenever they speak. But God says my definition of greatness is different. God says none of those things are going to last. You're not going to be, you're not going to remember them. They're going to pass and, and in a generation or so they won't even know that you walk the face of the earth. But God says what's really going to last is service. And the secret to to greatness is when we learn to serve. In Matthew chapter 20 verse 6, It says, whoever wants to be great must be the servant of others. Just underline in your mind or in your Bibles that word great and service. Those two, the Bible says, go together. If you want to be great, there has to be service. Greatness does not come just because of where you were born or who you are or the, 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 the identification in front or behind your name. Uh, we all know that great teachers serve their students. Great salesmen serve those that they're, they're customers. And, and great managers serve their employees. The key to greatness is to learn how to serve. Now, what God is saying here, as in Scripture many times there's these conundrums, but He says the way up is down. <laughs> the way to really get to the top is to start getting down in service. Uh, the more you serve, the greater you are. I think one person that comes to mind when I think of this kind of service is Mother Teresa. I know she's been dead for a while, but I still think she is the uh, the, the, the poster person for a person that just said, Christianity is serving others, uh, and serving those around us, uh. I think if you would take and say what, define Christianity in two words, uh, that those two words would probably be give and serve. To give and to serve. That's what Jesus did. 
Jesus in verse 28, a couple verses later, said, For even if I didn't come to be served, but to serve others, even I didn't come to be served, but to serve others, and give my life as a ransom for many. Again, the words that stand out there are serve and give. To serve and to give. That summarizes what it is to live a Christian life. And unless I learn to serve and I learn to live for others, I learn to give my life away, I really haven't tapped into what it is that Jesus lived His life in teaching us what to be. Because that summarizes who Jesus was and also what He taught. That's living out what it is to be a Christ follower. Why... Should I give my life to serve others? Why should I give my life to serve others? Why should others be my number one priority uh, after loving God with all my heart? Why should serving others be what is most important uh, to me and maybe to God? Uh, Well, I have a dozen reasons I'm going to share. And so we have ten points in this message this morning. Ten minutes a point? Well, figure out the math. Well, maybe it won't be quite that long. Okay? There's twelve things I want to share with you this morning about service. Uh, and the first one is that we were created for service. God made me for a purpose. Uh, we are created, we are God's workmanship Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God designed everything on earth with a purpose. Dogs were made to be dogs. Cows were made to be cows and do cowly things. And bees have their purpose. And everything that is created has a purpose in in God's scheme of things. And He says that we have a purpose. We were created by God. We're His workmanship. And we were created to do good works. And not just anything, but the things God prepared in advance before you were even born. He said, this is what I want. Bob Croft to do to be and how I want him to serve. Uh, And so we were put here for a reason. And the reason was to live for others. To help each other. To help make this world the place that God wants it to be. And so I was created for ministry. I was created for service. Uh, When we're not serving others, we get corroded. We get rusty inside because you know just like joints and muscles that you don't use things that you sit in the garage or in one of those uh, storage places and you go to get it after a couple years of never using it it just doesn't work right so it is with us spiritually if we don't do those things that we were created for and we're not living that out we get corroded spiritually god said i created you for service Another thing that is a reason why I serve is because I was saved for service. It is He who saved us and chose us for His holy work. Basically, he's saying God saved you to serve. He saved you to do something. His holy work, the things that He once done. He didn't put you on earth to take up space. 
He didn't put you on earth just to watch TV and eat Pringles uh, and, and to have a good old time and then die. He put you here for a purpose. Have you ever thought why God, the moment that you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into your heart, didn't just zap you with a bolt of lightning and take you to heaven? Why didn't He do that? Some of you are saying, yeah, I wish He would have. But He didn't. And what He did, He left us here because there is a purpose for my life as a follower of Christ. He has something for me to do. Why did He leave me here on earth? He left me here because there is ministry that needs to be done. My life lived for others. There was a talk show on TV in which they had some bodybuilders in. And they were talking, and, and the, 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 the interviewer was talking to one of these guys all muscled up. And uh, he, he asked him, he said, what do you use those muscles for? And the guy just stood up and took a pose in front of the audience, and the audience went wild, clapping for him. And the talk show host uh, didn't let it go. He said, no, that's great, but what do you use those muscles for? And the guy took another pose in front of all the people and again they cheered and, and again he didn't let it go. He said, yes, but what do you use them for? And the guy just looked bewildered. The fact was, there wasn't any real use for them. It was just to, to look great. It was the muscles for the sake of muscles. In fact, when I put up bodybuilding, this was one of the first pictures that came up. Video posing guide. So for all that bodybuilding, it's just to pose in front of people so that people can see that you have muscles up. Let me ask you something. Why do you have spiritual muscles? Why do you have spiritual muscles? Why do you go to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you do devotions? Why do you get into a small group? Just so you can have muscles and say, I am spiritually mature. I have spiritual muscles. Or are we using them for why God wants us to develop spiritual muscles for? There's work that needs to be done. The Bible teaches us that we need to be mature and we need to grow and we need to develop. But there is a purpose for it. It's never an end in itself. God wants us to be mature. But maturity results in ministry in serving. Spiritual muscles are there for a reason. And then third, I've been called to service. I've been called by God for service, but God in His grace chose me even before I was born to go to heaven when I die. Is that what it says? No, He chose me and called me to serve Him. God has called me to service us. Now, sometimes people think God's call is something special where you're walking down the road one day and you were minding your own business and God just zaps you and said, I want you to go to Africa. I want you to go to Bible college. I want you to become a minister. I want you to do this. And that's the called people among us. And so, Bob Croft, you can remember back when God called you to be a pastor. That's what it means to be called by God. But is that what it, the Bible, in fact, says? The Bible says... God saved me, chose me to serve Him even before I was born. And so in, when He created me, He had a purpose for me, not only to be in relationship with Him, but to be in the, the workforce 
of the kingdom. Uh, so the call to salvation and the call to serve are identical. They're both there. If He's called us to save us, He's called us to serve Him. The moment we sign up and say, yes, I want to go to heaven, I want you to forgive my sins, we're also signing up to say, God, I want you to use me however you want to use me. And we say those words sometimes, uh, but I think sometimes we just say them because, okay, that's part of it. Uh, God, you save me and I'll do whatever you want, but don't really realize that there might be something He really wants you to do. If you're a Christian, you're called to ministry. Every one of us. Every member of the family. Now, not everybody's a pastor. Not everybody's a, a, a minister in that fashion. But we are all servants. And a servant serves. We do what the Master asks us to do. In fact, I think we could all, if we wanted to, have our names printed up on a card, Minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is who we are. When someone asks you, who, we, who are you? So many times, what do we say? Well, this is what I do. Bob Croft, I'm a pastor. But my friend, this is the highest thing that we should put down. I'm Bob Croft, I'm a minister, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, doing whatever it is. Those other jobs, the secular jobs, the work jobs, are, are, are really secondary. They provide the, the, the means by which I can be that servant that God has called me to be. And then I've been gifted for service. I've been gifted. God gave each of us talents. God gave each of us abilities to do something. Every one of us sitting here have abilities that are unique and special to you. Now maybe some other people can do, but there's some things that maybe no one else that you know knows how to do it like you do it. And God has placed you, put you there uh, 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 giving you abilities because there is a purpose in it. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. He's given you these abilities and He wants you to use them to help each other. It always amazes me when people have gifts and many times it's a gift that of, of which their job is centered around, but they can never do that in ministry. They can never do that in ministry. And maybe it's something that is vital and could be helpful in the kingdom, uh, and yet, no, that's just that's what I do to make a living. I'm not doing that at church. God has blessed you and given you talents for the kingdom. And many times we use them just for ourselves. Uh, in First Peter it says, Each of you has received a gift to use to serve others. And then, number five, I'm commanded to serve others. That should be good enough reason to do it right there. God commands us to do it. Whoever wants to be great must be a servant of others. For even I didn't come to be served, but to serve others, to give my life as a ransom for many. And we are called to follow Jesus. And Jesus was saying, your attitude must be one like mine. You must be like me, a follower of Christ. A Christ follower is one who is like Christ. And Jesus said, my purpose in coming uh, was to serve. You see, service for a Christian is not really an optional thing. It's not, okay, let me pick this. You know, you've all gone online. Maybe if you bought something and, 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 okay, here's what you want. Now, here's all the options that you can do to add to that and make the package what you want. 
Service is not one of the options. It's one of the basic things. If I take this matter that I am going to be a Christian, this is what I have signed up for. I, Jesus said, I have come to serve. Now human nature in its fallen state does not default naturally to service. Our natural default in the fallen state is I want to be served. I want people to do what I want done. And many times we pay good money for that. And we go to a restaurant and they serve us and we give them a nice big tip because they did a good job. And so we're all about serving me. I want to be served. Always focus on who's going to serve me. Who's going to meet my needs. Who's going to help me. Who's going to help my hurts. Who's going to do something for me. What does that sound like? Sounds like a baby, doesn't it? If you have a baby, that's a baby's life. Serve me. It's all about me. And and spiritually, if that's where we are, we're not mature if it's all about me and what I want and what I think and what I want done. Or what does God want? What does He want? What does He want me to do? You see, Christianity... Christ coming into my life changes the way that I think. And so it becomes, whose needs can I meet this week? Who can I help? Who can I serve? Who can I reach out to and make life different? Because Christ is in me. A mature Christian is interested in service instead of serve us. And where am I? Am I in a service mentality or am I in a serve me mentality? There's a big difference between the two. Number six. It proves that I belong to Christ. You are part of the body of Christ and you belong to Him in order that we might be useful in the service of God. In the New Testament, when they would welcome new members into the church, they would say something like this to them. Welcome! Jesus Christ now has a new pair of eyes to see the the world. Jesus Christ now has a new pair of hands to help others. Jesus Christ now has a new heart to love others with. And they would welcome them in to the body saying, you are part. There is something that God wants to do because you are now part of the body. You see, ministry is not attendance. Ministry is not saying on my schedule every Sunday morning, I need to go to worship at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. That, that's not ministry. That, that's just attending service. That's maybe building some more muscles, uh, spiritual muscles. Ministry is what proves that I really am a follower of Jesus Christ. And then the body needs my service. Why do I serve? The body needs me. All of you together are the one body of Christ and each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Each of us uh, are necessary to the body of Christ. What happens in your life when one part of your body stops functioning? What do you do? Just say, ah, cut it off. You know, my hand's all messed up. Just cut it. How many of you go to the doctor and the first thing you say when something's hurting is, you know, doctor, just cut it off. 
Don't really need it. It's hurting. Giving me a lot of problems. Just cut it off. No. How can you fix it? How can you make it work? How can you make it part? Because I need that. We don't even want to lose one little digit of our, you know, oh my goodness, it's a, you know, if we did, it's, it's a, it's a big thing. Uh, and if we're a part of the body, we need to understand that my functioning right is necessary to the health of the body. If your liver just calls up one day and says, I'm not doing it anymore, you're going to be at the doctor's office. There's something terribly wrong. Okay, need to fix it. And so it is with the body. God isn't saying, oh, just sit on the side, you know, we don't need you. He's saying, if this is going to function the way it should be, every one of us need to do our part. And I'm not sure that we get that really well uh, in modern Christianity because we have a lot of people who are willing just to sit and observe. Everybody wants to be the appendix. You know, they say maybe that's one thing that they're not sure whether we absolutely need or not. I don't know. God put it there. But everybody wants to be that. You know, God says, I need hands, I need feet, I need eyes, I need heart, I need lips, I need people to go and to be my my face to the world. Uh, the strength of the Hyde Wesleyan Church is not the pastors. It's you. And if we are the face of anything to this community, it is because you and I together represent Jesus well. And then, serving others is the way we serve God. It's the way we serve God. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for me, Paul says. It's the Lord you're serving. You're not doing it for Bob Croft when we say, okay, let's do this. You're not doing it for Pastor Steven or for Angel or for Verley or whoever else may ask you to do something. You're not doing it for us. He said, you're doing it for the Lord. And if you're just doing it for us, then you're missing the whole point. God says, do it for me. Serve as if you were serving me. When you give that cup of cold water, do it in my name as if it was me laying there. Many of us, if we knew it was Jesus there, we would be jumping up and and ready to do it. And Jesus said, look at each person and see in them the face of Christ and serve. Serving others is the way to serve the Lord. And then, another reason I serve is because I owe God everything. I owe Him everything. Because of God's great mercy to us, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to His service. Jesus Christ sacrificed His life so that I could have restoration of relationship with God. I could be in a good relationship with God. He died so that could happen. And if ever, if anything else, I owe Him my life if I have received this gift and been living this, this, this relationship life with Christ. Uh, we don't serve God or we shouldn't serve God out of duty. We shouldn't serve Him just out of fear. But we should, and certainly not serving Him out of guilt. Okay, i got to do that because if I don't. But I serve Him out of gratitude. To serve Him because I owe my life to Him. He saved me. I'm going to live forever with Him. And my sins are forgiven. And I 
need to serve Him because of all He's done. So out of gratitude, out of joy, I owe Him my life. And then I serve because service makes life meaningful. If you try to keep life for yourself, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel or the good news, you will find true life. You are going to give your life away for something. You're going to give your life away for something. Whether it's your career, whether it's for a bank account, whether it's for the thrill of the experience, whether it's for the pleasure and enjoyment, whether it's some kind of great achievement, you're giving your life to something. Sometimes it's not very much, but we're giving it to something. And the question is, am I giving my life to the right things? How much of what I do is going to matter for eternity? If nothing else, mull that question over this week. How much of what I do is going to matter in eternity? It's not how long you live that matters. It's how you live. It's not the duration of your life. It's what you do with your life. If we're not going to use this life God has given to us for the plan that we were created for, what are you doing with it? What is the purpose? Why are you here? What is the purpose of your life? Uh, Just to take up space? What I do brings a measure of hopefully satisfaction. Hopefully what you do with life gives you some kind of satisfaction. But he says the thing that will give you the greatest satisfaction is doing what you were created for. Doing what God invested in you to accomplish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, He says, keep busy in your work for the Lord since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever without value. Can you say that about the things that you do? That was not without value. It had value. Did it have eternal value? A lot of what I do has no value for the long term. But nothing I do for God uh, is ever without value. Number 11, I'll be held accountable for my service. One day I'm going to stand before God. And He is going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Remember the servants that came? He had given them each so much and, and, and they had to come and report to the Master. One of these days I'm going to report, God has given each of us talents, abilities. He's given us opportunities and resources. And He's going to say, what did you do with that. Were you a giver or you did you live life selfishly? Maybe you were successful by the world standards, uh, but was it successful in eternal and an eternal aspect? What did you do with what I gave you? 
And some of us are going to have to be saying, God, I'm sorry. I, you know, I was kind of busy. I had plans. I had goals. I was working on certain things. And if I got to a certain place, I, I, in my mind, I was going to do more for you if I could get here and get myself taken care of. And, and, and it just never happened that way. And here, here I am. And God's going to say, what were you thinking? Do you think I put you on here on earth to live for yourself? Is it just my happiness that God is interested in? That I have a, a smile on my face today because everything went perfectly? Is that what God, is that what Jesus died on the cross for just so that I could be happy? I had a little video come across my, my, uh, computer this week and, um, it, it's, uh, uh, a take on what God wants. This is Victoria Olstein. Listen to it. do what we do to make us happy. We do it to make God, to please God. I don't know where she gets the idea that, that it's all about me and it's my happiness and that I only do it because it makes me happy. I do it because God says this delights my heart and I live my life to glorify God, to lift Him up and to make Him bigger. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Magnifying God to make Him bigger to the world that looks on Jesus, you look at His life, nowhere in His life did He say, I have come to be happy. Did He? Hey, I have, God has sent me here and the number one thing that the Father wants me to do is to be happy while I'm here. He said the number one thing God wants me to do is to serve. To be a servant. And to even die. Do you think that made Jesus happy? Do you think going to the cross and stretching out and dying? And he said, oh, this is just so much fun. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, why have you forsaken me? And he died. No, it wasn't fun. But in the end, it had a purpose. Because God always has a purpose. And what I do may not always make me jump up and down with joy, but it will have purpose and meaning and something for eternity. One more reason, because I'll be rewarded in eternity. Yes, God does have a a, 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 a care about our well-being and the things that we enjoy. And He said, I promise, I promise you, I give you eternal life and you will have relationship with Me. Everyone, uh, 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 my Father will honor everyone who serves Me. One of these days we will stand before God and He, if we have done right, He will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What? He didn't say, well done, because you, you figured it out. 
You were happy every day, all day long. No, he said, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share the happiness, the joy that I have for you. Let's just quickly go through those. I was created for service. I was saved from my sins, redeemed, because God had something for me to do. And He calls me. God called me. He calls you. And He's given me gifts and abilities that He wants to use. And He commands me, serve others. And when I do, it shows that I do have it. I do have that connection. I belong to Him. Uh, You need me. I need you. We need each other. The body needs you. And serving others is, when I'm serving you, I'm really serving God. If I understand what it is God wants me to do, uh, I owe God everything. I owe Him everything. If He doesn't do another thing for me in this life, I still owe Him because I have eternal life. Service is the only thing that really makes life meaningful. And one of these days I'm going to have to give an account and He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? And if I'm faithful, God has promised a reward. So, The question this morning is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about this idea of service? Uh, Knowing that you were made for something, saved for something, gifted for something, and, and that God has a purpose, what are you going to do about that? We're talking about the most important thing in this matter of living out the Christian life, following God's plan. What are we going to do? Are we going to just be a hearer and say, oh, Bob, that was good. That really sounded good. It made me, made me chuckle and, and I feel good today. I'm happy. I'm going to go home with a smile. Or are we going to be a doer of the word? We can just set around and soak up the blessings or we can say, okay, God's given me this and he's, he's, he's getting those muscles going. Now what are those muscles to be used for? How do I live this out this week and next week and the week after? We have two options. One of them, we can get up from here, go get in our car, drive home and get lunch and and feel good and hope that the weather stops raining so that we can do what we want to do today and tomorrow. Or, we can do something about it. We can open our hearts and truly seek God and say, God, what is my purpose? Some of you, maybe... You've lived most of your life and it's behind you and you, you say, well, you know, I, I'm too old to do anything. None of us are too old to do anything. I was visiting with dad yesterday in the hospital and he said, I've just had so many opportunities to share my faith since I've been in here. And he's been talking to this one and talking to that one. Okay. Sitting there in a room in a position where we could easily say, yeah, it's all about me. I just had surgery. I hurt. I could hurt. And I, you know, when, what about my, my therapy and when with the doctor and all of that? Or we can say, okay, here I am. There's an opportunity today that God could have a plan for right now. And then I, God, want to do what that plan is for my life today, right now. 
And I don't care if you're 82 or whether you're 8. God has a plan for you this week, for me this week. And the question is, is my heart open to doing that? Or will I just go get in my car and say, yeah, that was nice. And then next week come back and get some more, get some more exercise and go back out and say, yep, I'm a Christian. Look at me. Doing it right. Everything's good and good. Or are we out there lifting somebody up? Getting down on our knees and washing someone's feet. Doing what is necessary to show Jesus Christ to our world that needs to see Him so desperately. Shall we stand? Almighty God, help us to get it. Help us to get it, Lord. Help us to get it right. To the glory of Your name. Amen.